Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Gitin, daf Ayin Bet, page 72. Well, our Gemara continues with this discussion of whether the Mishnah that we just read can be read according to Rabbi Meir or whether it is read according to Rabbi Yossi. Remember, Rabbi Meir holds the opinion that a shaliach uh, can give, uh, can receive verbal direction, whereas Rabbi Yossi says a shaliach cannot receive verbal direction. And I just want to read this uh, brisa that's brought right before the new Mishnah that's on this page uh, that sort of underscores some of the points that we were talking about, that a lot of what's being discussed in these stampim is how is the instruction to give a get communicate? What is considered to be valid communication, right? If somebody is deaf, can they use signs? Uh, if somebody who can't speak, can they use signs or can they nod yes or no? Uh, can you instruct uh, someone else, a shaliach, to tell the sofer to do the act for you or does the person who want the husband have to instruct the sofer to do it? And so they quote here a brisa that says the following, Tani Kavitei Rav Ashi, right? And again, Rav Ashi said, well, just, which said before, that this is according, that the mission should be read according to Rabbi Yossi. Ketav sofer lishma v'chatmu edim lishma. Let's say that it's the sofer wrote the get for that particular woman and the edim signed it for that woman. Afalpi shekatvuhu v'chatmuhu unetanuhu lo unetanala, right? Even though, they wrote it, they signed it, and they give it to the husband, and then he gives it to the wife. Right? It is considered to not be a valid get, right? It's batel, it's void, until they actually hear the husband's voice. Notice the language here, how strong the language is here, right? He has to say specifically to the scribe, write the, write the get, and to the witnesses to sign it. Um, and so this is basically the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, right? This is the extreme opinion, which is there's only one way to communicate. And that only way to communicate is verbally from the husband to the people who are going to do the actual action. So when we read this brisa, until they hear, right, excludes the opinion of the person who says, right, who says that Rabbi Yossi would agree with the case where the husband says, say my instructions to the scribe. In other words, that what he does to the shaliach, right? There's one interpretation of Rabbi Yossi who says that normally a shaliach cannot accept uh, verbal instructions or cannot do verbal instructions of saying, go find a scribe, right? Have the scribe write it. Go find the adam to sign it. But if he, but if the instruction is say my instructions to the scribe, right? There, you know, maybe Rabbi Yossi would agree with that. But by saying yishma'u and write, it excludes uh, it excludes that particular case because it's actually that he has to hear the scribe and the witnesses have to hear the husband's voice and the word kolol apuke means a rav kahana amarav his voice excludes that what that rav kahana says that rav said that a husband can do written instructions to the scribe and the witnesses. No, it's actually that the, the instructions have to be verbal and they have to be heard. So this price is like an extreme version of everything that we've been talking about. Okay, from here, I'm going to move on to the Mishnah. Um, and it reads as follows. Zegitech imati, zegitech mecholiza, zegitech laachar mita, lo amar klum. If somebody says to his wife, this is your bill of divorce if I die, right? This is your get if I die from this illness. This is your get after my death. It's like he didn't say anything. Right? Um, 
because, uh, but if he says from today, if I die, this is your get, or from now, if I die, then it is a get. What is the difference between the two cases? The first set of cases, right? The get is valid only, only if it takes effect. Remember, a get can only be valid if it takes effect before the husband dies. And in the first set, he basically says, this is your get if I die. Well, a get can't take effect after he dies. It can only take effect beforehand, right? But in the second set of cases, there's the divorce is retroactive. He's saying, if I die today, then that then this get was active, right? And so basically, then she would have been divorced from before when he died. If he says, this is your get from today and after my death, right? Get ve no get. It's not clear what he actually meant by this, right? Was it that it was meant to take place if the get was made to take hold at his death or was it supposed to be the day of his death? And therefore, if he dies without children, his wife would have to do chalitza because the get in certain ways is not valid and she still is bound to him. She wasn't divorced, but she cannot do yibum because maybe the get was valid. So this is a case that we're not actually sure about. And remember, the divorcee can't marry a brother-in-law. If he says, this is your get from today, if I die from this illness, right? And he recovered, meaning he gets up, he goes to the market. But then he gets sick and then he dies. Right? The court is going to assess him. If he died because of the original illness, then yes, it is a get. And if it isn't, then it isn't a get. So again, the, the big principle, the big thing to learn from this particular Mishnah is essentially that um, is that one needs to, uh, is that the get only takes hold if the person is is alive, right? And so the Gemara is basically going to start with Alma, right? Im mati ki la'achar mitadami, right? If saying, if my death is basically saying like after my death, and then later on the Mishnah teaches, if this is the day of my death, right? From now, if I die, so they want to understand, right? If I die, why is that not considered to be it? They don't, in other words, they understand why the first half of that Mishnah, that beginning, makes sense, but the second half doesn't totally make sense, right? It does still th- seem like maybe you're saying, so Abai says, Amar Abai, mashma. Mashma Right? If someone says, if I die, it can have two meanings. From now, right? In other words, that the get can take place after the death re- retroactively. But it also is the same meaning as somebody saying, after my death. So it's clear from Imati that it only can mean from the time of death or after the death. Amar la mehayom, but if somebody says mehayom, command amar la mehashav dami. Yes, it could mean that he's saying from now, conditional on the death. Lo amar la mehayom, command amar la la dami. But it also can mean right from today, meaning after my death. And then that get right would be batel, but it's not clear. It could mean either one, right? And so that's why Abai says that's why that case we do say that it's a get, but the first case we would say that it is. Um, it is not, uh, it's not a get. I'm going to let Anne take over the rest of the daf here. Um, but it's very interesting to see like how carefully read the, the Gemara is of the Mishnah. Like the language, the specific phrases are not there, you know, haphazardly. There's a very, very careful reading 
of what language is actually being used there. Thanks, Ardina. Yeah, I think that it's very clear, I think, to everybody by now that the same way that we saw a very careful formulation of language in Nadar and, you know, in, I'm trying to think where else, but I feel like it show, comes up all the time, right? I feel like the formulation of how the planning of the giving of the get is supposed to be arranged to take place is also so meticulous. And I, we should just note that it really is a matter of, you know, what's arranged because of the way the biblical verses set this up. As much as there's oh, such a huge amount of rabbinic involvement, it's also... Um, were it not for those verses that specify the man gives a get, the man has to say in this way, he has he has to be heard and also, and so on. If those verses were not there to specify, then I'm sure the process would be quite different. Um, I want to pick up um, at the top of Amad Bet. Um, the Gemara says, Mi Mesapkale, meaning this goes back to Rav Huna, right? If you've been following along in the Duff, where Rav Huna had said, not like Rabbi Yossi, meaning this was, you know, Back to what your Dana was talking about, but part of the issue is as follows: He has a question based on a mission. Meaning, if you want to talk about the phraseology of a person who says, "Here's your get if I die," or after this amount of time, you know, you can have it now if I die later, and so on. So we've got this Mishnah. The Mishnah is coming up for us. We haven't seen it yet um, on Ein Vav, but. The idea is that the man says to the wife, this, you know, behold, this is your get if I have not returned home, um, you know, for 12 months. Um, you know, if I, if I, 12 months go by and I haven't gotten home yet. Um, the point being that then if he were to actually die within those 12 months and the get is not a get, but if he somehow doesn't make it home because who knows he's lost at sea, right? The idea is that then there's like a definitive time by which the get will kick in so that she's not left, you know, high and dry waiting for him. And then, so literally, right? That's when it's not considered a get. And under those circumstances, the rabbis, in the, indeed, you know, at the end of it all, they would permit her to marry, right? Because the claim is that, you know, the claim is that depending on the timing, right? Depending on the timing, then the get kicks in early. And because they've been divorced, there's no concern for Yibo Merchalitza, right? As compared to if he dies and they're childless, then then there would be a need, right? For there to be Yibum or alternatively Chalitza. Um, but in this case, you know, where the get has kicked in from then because he did not come home, later right then that's a that's a, excuse me that's a situation where she's already divorced by the time he's died and therefore all of the terms of you know of inheritance but also the yibum issues are just you know circumvented and i imagine that this is one of the reasons that people did into you give conditional getting you know divorces that would kick in in the event that somebody didn't return home um, not just the uh, the theoretical situation of of Aguna, but specifically to prevent the need for Yibum or Chalitza. Um, it would be quite different, of course, if the couple already has children. So the Gemara here goes on, meaning who's going to represent the opinion? If we're, if we're trying to figure out where Rabiosi's opinion comes from, now the question is asked, 
Who's lining up with Rabbanan? I'm a Rav Yehuda, I'm a Shmuel. So Rav Yehuda says that Shmuel says, Beidina desharu mishcha, besavre lake Rabbi Yossi. The Amar is manoshel shtar mochiach alav. So the case is as follows, and it's a little bit, you know, from left field, but I think it maybe illustrates the point well. It says the court was was allowing people to consume oil that had been manufactured by non-Jews. Now, this kind of, again, feels like we're pulling from left field, this, this idea that there were prohibitions, uh, particularly on olive oil, right, on the manufacture of olive oil, that it needed to be made by Jews, for Jews, and so on. Again, I'm not saying that this is a sock, that this is the halacha nowadays, and I'm, you know, I, I just, this is the case at that time, right? This was a court that would allow them, in fact, to consume olive oil, and specifically that which was made by non-Jews, which is the exception at the time. And what happens? Vasavar um, like Rebiosi. They held like Rebiosi. What does it mean they held like Rebiosi? His opinion was the following. The very date that the document is is dated, right? That it's you know signed and presented that that is the date of the document. That will prove when that same document goes into effect. Meaning if you have a get that's a conditional get because the husband's leaving for, you know, lands unknown and they, he doesn't know exactly when he's going to come back. And he says, okay, but let's say for the next six months or the next year, you can trust him still coming home. I'm not planning it to be that long of a trip, right? Then the way they would evaluate, you know, at what point does the get kick in as compared to the woman being left a widow, the situation is very clear, right? From the time that the document is dated, that is when, you know, the conditions were put in place. So the very fact that the date is written in the document, you know, is helpful for this kind of thing to know when it's going to take effect. Um, and that is what apparently Rebiosi would take and apply to a verbal conditioning of a, of a divorce, which, as Yerdina, as you said, like, really, we don't allow verbal um, verbal conditions for it. We don't, it's just the the preparation of a get on for a man on you know on behalf of that man who's going to give it to his wife is not going to be verbal um except for maybe if they made some you know rare exception that's the question here is this going to be the case that will apply to a verbal condition or not so this is exactly the question which is why the says okay so you have to say that Rav Huna's question was to begin with he wasn't quite sure, right, what was he talking about, whether the halacha was going to line up with Rebiosi, meaning so that when the husband adds in, um, when he adds in a verbal condition, that's oral, right, when he gives over the document, or is the halacha not going to line up with Rebiosi at all? And therefore, the Gemara says, but so when Rav Huna is uncertain about this, you know, what is his real concern? Vahama Rava, so Rava's going to explain it, right? Next generation. Um, this is your divorce in the event that I die. And then what happens, you know, the the other formulation that says, in the event, um, when I'm dead, right? If I die versus when I'm dead. Because Areza get, like, when does this kick in? The divorce is conditional, and at what point is he considered sufficiently dead to for it to prevent the need for get? Kisha amut This formulation: when I die 
or after my death, those formulations ain't zaget. We should already anticipate that, right? That if you are predicting, you know, oh, you'll be divorced after I'm dead, that's perhaps worthy sentiment on his part. But in the meantime, or, you know, in the meantime, it's not, it's not um, going to be very helpful because, again, it's conditional. He can't die before the get happens or it doesn't count as a get. Hey, Chidami, so then the Gemara is going to clarify. So then what are we talking about? So do we say that this is a divorce from today in the event that the future thing happens, meaning I disappear, whatever, then it kicks in from from today already. Then, And if that's the case, then are the Rabbanan, will the Rabbanan agree with that? Because we have explicitly a mission that says, Mehayom im Metzi, from today in the event that I die, Harez again, and we say that is a divorce. So what happens? The issue is really, let's say nobody said from today. If you don't say from today, then when is this divorce supposed to kick in? And that's where we end up with this statement from Rebusi that you're that you can look back, or maybe it was Rav explaining Rebusi, you can end up looking back at the at the get and find the date. Right, and then, but all of this then says, "All right, Tachlis, we're going to sign with Rabbi at the end of the day, and his opinion is going to be upheld." At least at this point of the Gemara, where I'm going to pause now. Of course, the Gemara does go on, um, and but but really, this is the the thrust of it. Meaning, they are deliberating and trying to pin down the implications of Rabbi for all the different kinds of possible get getting at this time. Okay, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this stuff. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Mm-hmm.